0: This episode of Into the Boundary is powered by Soma Movements and Therapeutics, as well as Samp Fitness. If you enjoy our episodes, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Think Well Productions, for exclusive content. Into the Boundary is also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Into the Boundary. we new going into the boundary,
1: going into the boundary, huh? We going into the boundary, into the boundary, going into the boundary, huh? We going into the boundary, into the boundary, going into the boundary, huh? They say the set up and dribble. Finished your career, you stuck in the middle. Figured it out, you stuck with the riddle. Broke your body down, got stuck in the spittle. Might have had pro dreams. And you made it to the top, might they make it to the lead, but you made it on the block. They were screaming your name, they were screaming your name. Lifetime dreams just to get in the game. Now you up in your dorm, trying to take and get playing. Got a lot on your plate, do it right for the fame.
0: And today we're going into the boundary with a back to back public league champion. First-team all-pub selection, all-city selection, honorable mention all-state, played in the Philadelphia All-Star Game, played this college football career at Shippensburg and Kutztown University, and now is the owner of a rare descent, Calvin Spires. Spires, bounces off, did he get in? He's in! Calvin Spires off the left side! two-yard touchdown pandemonium on the field what's good bro what's up bro long time no see man
1: no tell me about it man it's been a couple of years man i miss you man <laughs> I, miss you I miss you i miss you, too, bro. I miss you my man.
0: nah man like i was saying man off air you know we played against each other in the city all-star game and y'all actually beat us yeah yeah and good job, overtime, 20, No, man, I'm only mad. <laughs> I'm only mad because of how you can do, and all them guys was acting at the banquet.
1: You know what I mean, I remember who we got. like like that, Joe. I remember. you was acting
0: <laughs> crazy. Y'all was talking crazy. Yeah, you know I mean, like I remember, I accidentally won an award there for like academics and athletics. Right. And it's like, man, you sit at the table all quiet. You up here winning awards, and y'all was going right. Y'all was going at everybody. You know, we had Chris Whitney. We had Darren Robinson. It was like a lot of trash talk. And we was, it was, it was a, a, a I, I was hoping that it would be like a, we won, obviously. But we lost, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Kendall, Kendall took over that game. Nah, he did. Even though I was the hero for the night. I mean,
1: I, I, we both had two touchdowns the peace But as the paper said, he was the the star. Like, he, he was doing dirty. uh passing receiving yards the kick turn yards pump turn yards he was doing his thing man like he really was the megastar but it felt so good you know being a hero you know me giving that chance the opportunity to run that ball on four for one and I remember I'm snapping I'm like yo give me the fucking ball give me the fucking ball like anybody in the city I'm a hard runner I'm gonna get in there and the ball uh that's my guy he actually wound up going the customer Isaiah Edmund from West Catholic mm. when I got the ball on four for one he hit me and he ran. So you ain't bragging me, I'm spinning right off that job. So I'm in the Israel. I twist. I look up, I see the ref put his hands up. I'm like, we in it, that's game, man. That's it over
0: with. <laughs> uh, so many of the dudes was like playing so scared on our team, man. And I ain't even talking about like the our, our big names, but like the linemen and stuff like that. Everybody just right. thought y'all was on like lay down and they came to play, bro. That was a crazy joint, man. Yo, the funny thing about this game, I was
1: telling somebody like this recently. I said, yo, this dude from West Carefully, help me out, man. Uh, he wore 44. I think his name was Isaiah Rules.
0: Uh, Anthony Rose.
1: Anthony Rose. This motherfucker can hit. Yeah. And I love to hit. That's my thing. I'm, I'm a headhunter. Now I think about it. I, think I was a dumb runner, baby. When I could have scored it out to the score, I want the crowd to get up in the air and jump. I'm ready to bow. I want everybody to go. Whoa. Now I think about it. I'm like, why was I doing it? I could not just score. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hit. But one time I was blocking him. Uh, he was doing a sweep to the right side. And I'm telling Kendall, I'm like, yo, at the time, I was calling him Coleman. I ain't really knowing like that. man. Mm-hmm. That's like my brother now. But at the time, I was calling him Coleman. I'm like, yo, just follow me. I got you. That 44 empty rose came, hit. Bop! And he made the collision. Boy, baby, I came I ain't fucking he had my head ringing, yo.
0: They had they had him and Isaiah Emmons. Um, they were the two best outside linebacker DN pass rushers we yeah, went against in that in our league. You know what I mean? They had a nice little duo, man. Like it fit perfectly for the 3-4. It was tough. Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't know you back then. And and, and all and, and and you know, I'm getting the story in reverse. You know, we eventually worked together at Glenn Mills. And I'm that like, sucks, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is the guy. This is he a part of that that team that beat us. You know what I mean? Um, just talk about some of your times up in bills man.
1: Oh man, uh, it was for one of my uh, my good friends and crazy. You know, I haven't spoke with him in a while. Uh, Eric Fraser played for Germantown. uh played receiver. Um, we all ended up going to Custom. Just so happy we all ended up going to Custodown. Uh when I first graduated college, you know, I was working Manchester County Prison. I was there for like a good five months before I was terminated. And I'm stressed out. I'm like, man, I just bought a brand new car at 8 all black, black, on black SS impala. home. Mm. So I was happy about that drug. So that I get fired I'm like, man, now I need a job to pay this note. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm not reach out the Fridge. I'm like, yo, Fridge, I know you said you were working somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm working a dupe. And I'm like, what is he? Like, oh I'm not like, familiar with Lil's. You know, I had friends, you know. We were, you know, adolescent, They got us some trouble, and they wound up being committed to Glennville. So I was like, you know, if they hiring. You no, know, it's like, yeah, hey, we hire. So I'm gonna get you an application. I'm gonna talk to the hiring manager. This guy, um, I forgot his name, but he wound up mailing me the application. I filled it out, mailed it right back out. Like three weeks later, coming for the interview. Oh man, that might have been the most day interview I ever had in my life. No, I'm just sitting in the chair at the board table. You, you know, I'm sitting in the chair at the board table, and the first, and the three interviews, the first interview, was like, all the AM and PMC accounts with the board, they all on the table, and they got folded up, chairs around it, so I'm just looking straight, you know, facing the, the, the mail that's in front of me, all at the end of the table, and then I just hear a voice from behind me, saying, can you fucking fight? I looked, I said, what? I took, around, I'm like, yeah, I can fucking fight. <laughs> All right, listen, this so one dude talking about uh, who came to the hall PM? Mm-hmm. Little short hurt little stocky dude. So he's like, uh, so you tell a uh, kid to do his details, which I didn't know the time what that meant. He's like, AKA chores. And he tell you, fuck you pussy, what you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna restrain him. He said, no, if you're gonna restrain me, you gonna fuck him. I said, I'm gonna fuck him up then. They like, yeah. You like him. <laughs> so, uh, that's how I got in with that. And, um, I think I came in like, the beginning of October. I think I was only there like maybe a month or two behind you as you first just started. And, um, my experience in Golden Mills though, honestly was good, man. You know, despite all the negativity people saying they were abusing those kids. I mean, I've heard stories but I wasn't there for the abuse. But, you know, I was there for, you know, what we're supposed to do and train to do which is, Physically restrained and mainly assist. And the courts tell parents, once they, you know, during the hearing, this is a hands on facility. So whatever you do, you know, violating anything that goes on as far as the rules and policy, yes, you will be physically um, restrained or mainly assisted. And, you know, me and you guys like me, and you, Darren Watson, like these young boys, we built so much rapport with these kids. At the end of the day, you know, we were them once upon a time. Like, now I ain't the innocent person in the world. You know, I've done a lot of good things in life, but also done a lot of fucked up shit in life as well. You no, know, knock on wood, whatever this table is, I just haven't got caught. But you know, that's the old life. But you know, a young minority, you know, coming from an urban area, we done seen things and done things. So it's like, you, know, you got these young adolescents looking at us and like, damn, this person could be successful so can I. A lot of these kids don't have father figures in their life. And, and if they do, they follow the figures or, or or big brother, they old heads, whatever they want to call them. It's being more like friends. It's like you're putting batteries in these kids' backs to do negativity. I My old heads, when I was growing up, they wasn't doing it, bro. Not at all. It wasn't, yo, when you grow up, you going to be in the corner like us getting this money. No, it was, yo, take your ass to school. You're going to be somebody. You're not going to be doing what we're doing. And, you know, I'm thankful for my old heads for showing me that way. So, you know, I try to put that in. <clears throat> try to put that in, you know, my council that's what we call counselees, leads that's on our board. I used to, you know, put that energy in them I'm like, listen, man, get out of there, just let this be a life lesson learned, don't regret it. You know, what I mean, you did what you did, bounce back from it, bounce back from it. And a lot of the kids actually doing good, like, you know, uh, little I was talking for a little minute, doing good, moving furniture, and he's like, you know, assistant manager. So, a lot of these kids are actually doing something with themselves, and then you got some. That's still the same They Never progress nowhere. So, but overall, my experience at Glen Mills was good. I'm glad I got the experience. I was there for two years. Um, it was good. I had fun, man. We had good times, you
0: know. We definitely had good, had good times, times, man. I enjoyed all the wins. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> the wins, the, uh, the um, football games, uh, the Bulls Dollar. the Oh, it's the best. <laughs> but the uh the hot dogs, they was they was a nice size, <laughs> You know what I mean? Them draws was crazy. <laughs> yo, but yo, wow. right here, man, you got the the normal <laughs> yo, you can't even say it man, I'll say the virtual <laughs> Something <laughs> crazy. But them hot dogs was a nice size hot dogs bag of chips, the, uh, a soda, some candy bar, all oh, like fucking balls down, that was love and then the football games just- was you know, it was exciting. You know, it just reminded me of when I was playing football, just being under the lights. You know that, you know that feeling when you under the lights. And then the cheering, and I see one unit, you know, getting all loud. I used to get mad, I used to get upset. I'm like, "Hey, yo, man, get that shit up, man. We are gonna show them what, what, what poke hall is about." Uh-huh. And that's what they did. We get ah yeah, ah yeah. Oh man, no, it
0: was it was. I tell you what, you know, um I always like young. Know, is like mentoring, coaching. I like being around young people, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because like you said, they need role models and just people to know that you can do it the right way in the bar. You know right. what I mean? And that's all that's all I really stand for. So like being there just really put me in my whole purpose. Like I, I told on the to recap, I had to leave because I was feeling they was they was kind of confronting me, like, yo, why are you trying to make them get the big picture? Let them focus on just this little program. I'm like, no, the big picture is their life. Exactly. and like, what's real? Why would I have them only focusing about what vocation they could do there? And, you know what I mean? I want them to get morally, get life. Exactly. You know what I mean? Get, get the fact that you may not have all the best role models around you, but you are confident in your goals and go after what you want to do. You don't have to follow everybody. You ain't got to. And that's kind of like where I learned all that at. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, I had to step away from that. It was it was definitely it was definitely tough because I had built a lot of relationships up there with like other staff members like yourself, D. Yeah, you know I mean like I, I we like was a team, man. We was a team. Huh? I said we was a team. We definitely was a team. We definitely was a team. No, we was just talking off here about a funny moment that happened in the unit. We ain't worked together much, you know, because normally one strong staff member on one shift and one yep. strong staff member on another shift, and we ain't worked together that much. But um, there's one like Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> Um, I remember you like went to the bathroom and I was like up on the top floor, but the like the bottom floor and the first floor was un- really unmanned, right? Right, right? And we had a, a staff member <coughs> we were working with end up basically assaulted by a kid, got like choked and lift off his feet.
1: Yo, I remember <laughs> ah, I ain't gonna say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yo, I remember that, yo. I remember that. You remember
0: that, bro? Remember that. You remember them confronting us about how we didn't have his back and all that? Listen, man. I'm mean, I was barely
1: taking a shit, <laughs> So it was the you woman to rush off the car, not wipe my ass, and go help this grown man get choked out by this kid? Nah, man. But I remember that.
0: No, oh, man. That's um. You know, we here to talk about sports, man. Let's talk about your life, man. Where you from? Where you grew up at?
1: Oh man. Uh, of course I'm from Philly. Um, from a small section called Frankfurt. Um, a lot of people don't. It's crazy. A lot of people don't know where that's at, man. And you know, Frankfurt is considered the Northeast, but it's like. The bottom, like the very bottom, of the beginning of Northeast. But us, you know, that's from Frankfurt. We don't say Northeast, we just say Frankfurt. If like you know Church uh, Street, L Stop, Margaret Orthodox, Bridget Pratt, that's Frankfurt. That's all of Frankfurt. So, you know, I'm from uh, Lester Orthodox. I grew up there my entire life. um, with the Stern Elementary School, Hart Middle School. And of course, you know, best high school in Philadelphia, Frankfurt, man. A.K.A. <laughs> home of the champions. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, just talk about your family dynamic, you know, what was your household like growing up,
1: man? Oh, uh, my household growing up was pretty simple, you know. It was just, uh, it was just three of us, believe it or not. Um, me, my mom, and my sister. Uh, my dad always lived in Jersey. My dad was always in my life, you know. He just went in the household me and my honesty. Um, I never had to go for anything if I needed anything. My mom had me. If my mom had me, my dad had me, my dad had, me. My dad had me regardless. And it was just a phone call away. Uh, it came to my football game. It didn't come to many, but my most supportive ones, he definitely was there. And, you know, at the time, that's what mattered to me. But sometimes, you know, I think about it. Um, I'm like, damn, my dad was a very supportive person. But, you know, my dad wasn't the person that I wanted him to be for me growing up, you know knowing that your son played football. So I do go over there on the weekends, I used to go to my dad's house on the weekends or every other weekend. He wasn't that dad, like, you know, and he don't call me Calvin. My dad probably said Calvin one time. Started like I got a nickname. My dad was from the South. So I had a nickname. So all my family from Jersey and South called me by this nickname.
0: But, Obviously uh, you don't want to say this. No, now. I ain't going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he wasn't the type of dad that's like- He don't call you C with the B? No, nah, hell no. He made
1: that shit up. all <laughs> you know, see with the but thing. Uh, He wasn't that daddy, like, you know, let's go in the backyard, work on some hand dogs and drills and play catching Like Nothing like that. Or anybody, you know, fucking with you in school, which nobody was ever fucking with me in school. But, I mean, let's teach you how to fight. He wasn't that type of dad. You know what I, mean? I mean, I guess he felt though money was everything. And money's not everything. So, but I love my pops. You know, we him got a great relationship. But, uh, back to what you were saying, yeah, it was just a, a family three, me and my mom and my sister. And, uh, I had a good household. My mom was always at work and, you know, my sister, she'd be watching me and stuff. But my sister, me and my sister, six years apart, she's older. So she moved out at 17. And me and my mom in the house, and I was like, do whatever I want. And Especially when I was in high school, my mom would go to work, and she was living out Coatesville and all that. And, uh, she worked out Coatsville Coatesville and... Someone married somebody from some outcloses. So instead of coming all the way home and stay at your husband's house, so I got the criteria myself now. So you know how that go. <laughs> man, my god yo, what's up? you I checked that with well, come over here. Listen, go ahead do what y'all do.
0: No, but um, yeah, man, what's your what's your first introduction into playing sports or football?
1: Oh, uh, I started uh I always wanted to play football. Always. Um I'm mind getting about it. I was always had a football around the house. And um I always wanted to play football my god brothers. He played football. I think he started at uh, maybe eight years old, eight year old and I was seven. And I wanted to play, but it was too late. And then my god mom actually was um, convincing my mom like, let him play football. This boy is running up in the street with the football. My mom at the time was, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to be hurt. And then uh, a friend of my mom's at the time, he uh, was also encouraging my mom, persuading her, let this boy play football and he played. So, one day, the dude was like, Man, listen, I'm taking you down there. So he made me hop in his car, took me down, Frank for Charleston, you know, Margaret and Dittman by the projects. And I don't know nobody. I didn't even know the kids that was there. He was just like, uh, Yo, he played running back. He's fast. I don't even know what a running back is at eight years old. So he made me reach this kid. Um, I'm sure you heard of him. Uh, JJ, 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 JJ Reynolds. He was the kid, you know, he played for Mash Bomb with the Washington senior. And he tried to make a tackle and got hurt and broke his neck. Mm. And, yeah, so um maybe race him and he and he just beat me. He ain't beat me bad, He just beat me. It was like, yo, he's fast. So I maybe mean, I playing running man. and played for the Chargers.
0: So, and, and what was your career like playing for the Chargers Oh
1: man, my career playing for the Chargers, um, you know, I'm not, you know, afraid to admit this, but I was I was average. I wasn't, I wanted somebody, you know what I mean? I probably had like good good two years that I was like actually killing it on Lou Lee. I was just I was overshadowed by uh JJ, which was like he's a Chargers legend. He didn't broke every record for the Chargers. And uh one of my close friends who's incarcerated right now uh, named Billy, Billy Joe Dunbar, he had no one I was overshadowed by him. Like he was Bill was the man. He came from Boys Club. He started out at Boys Club and a lot of people a lot of critics, oh, he only doing that because he playing against the white boys because, you know, that's a knee sack lead. But when he came over to the Chargers and we in Keystone lead, I feel like he even did better. Right. And he's another one I was overshadowed by. Um, honestly, I started making crazy noise. And last year, I was going to play for the 150s. And because I couldn't make that weight, that's the first time doing that when I was picking up irons, lifting, getting strong. And uh, my old head was working with me He's like, yo, Starting for weights, you I mean? Get bigger, get stronger. And I was already going to the ninth grade, so I didn't have no intentions on playing two years for the 150s. So I couldn't meet weight. Um the crazy thing is, I played like three games. I was on weight, I was like probably 160, but the scale was broke. Mm. <laughs> you know how the weigh is when you're the scale was broke. And uh like three games, me and my man dude, we kill him, we killed him. And it was one win, it was the last win, I was over weight, and I was like, man just played JV. I'm already in ninth grade. And my legacy right there just took off from right there from ninth grade on. There was no turning back. I was a whole, I was a whole day from Calvin Spires, man.
0: Yeah, man. Talking about your high school career going to Frankfurt, man. You know, you say you start playing JV in ninth grade.
1: Yeah, oh man. I had an amazing career. Amazing career at High School. JV. Um, JV only get six games, killed every last game, and got bumped up. To varsity. As a freshman. As a freshman. And uh
0: what you was playing as a freshman, running back?
1: No, actually I played a position I never played. Oh um JV, I was a starting running back. But when I got bumped up, um, they bumped me up a running back. So I was a scout team running back. Oh, they used to fuck me up in practice. Um, my man Isaiah Thompson, we called Zeke, uh Jeremy Benson, uh Joe Farina, um, rest in peace, Big Ray. You know, he uh he passed away a few years ago. Um, had a heart attack inside of playing the fitness, but they used to mm. kill me on the scout team, man. But I never was quitting. Everybody else that got bumped up with me was quitting. It was five of them that got bumped up from JV. It was me and my man Will. We were the only two ninth graders, and it was three sophom- uh, three sophomores. Uh, There was three games left of varsity season. So they had a Thanksgiving game, a championship game, and it was one of the playoff games. And I remember North Catholic game, which was Thanksgiving game. It was blowing the uh, North Catholic out. So I wanted to get him so bad. I'm begging the coach. I'm like, I want to get him. Let me get him. He was like, God damn it, Spires. Get the hell out of here. I'm like, man. <laughs> coach Mono, that's how I used to talk. My man Z was like, yo, he kept. that's my like, I'm going like, like, to be in my head, Coach Capriotti. So my man Z kept saying, yo, Capri, my am Calvin. to my Calvin there. He, go, ah, he ain't getting his turn. That's how I used to talk. to the Italian guy. Mm-hmm. Man, he ain't getting get his turn. So my man Zeke went right to the Mono. He was a senior. So he was like, yo, Mono, cook mono, put Kal in there. He was like, God damn it, Spires, get the hell in there. Go ahead, cornerback. And I'm like, yo, I don't play corner. Get the fuck out of there. I said, man, I'm going in I shot in there to him. him. Norman Catholic threw a pad, I got toast. Burnt, bro. I'm like, I gotta get back to this receiver. Just so happened. The quarterback got sacked. So he didn't get a chance to do the ball because if he through the ball, he would score. Mm. I mean they still would have won, but they would have scored, and I would have be been like, man, that was on me. Uh, sophomore year, i speed things up with this. Sophomore year, um, Brandon Norris, he was like a legend at the time. Brandon Norris had got in trouble with school. His was dead, he moved to Florida. He was staying out with his brother. So the whole time, we thinking Brandon uh, was working out training, so if he come back. So I was Brandon's backup sophomore year. My sophomore year I, was, I came to the camp, started running back. Uh, my coach had a doubt He me. He, he let people get to his ear. Players, not even other coaches, senior player. Uh, Calvin's still young. I don't think he's ready to leave this team. And we was um a rebuilding year. In year 2004, I mean, I didn't like that year. That's my least favorite year of my high school career. I really, I don't like to say the word hate, but I'm going to use it. I hated that year. I really did. Um, I knew I had what it takes to be a leader on this team, even though I was a sophomore. And... My coach didn't think so, so what he did was put me in middle linebacker. Now, I wasn't a bad linebacker because I knew how to hit. Hit is my thing. Had no problem doing that, but I had dreams of going to college. Me playing middle linebacker, that was not it at all. So, in um, that year, it was bad because we lost 22 starters. My freshman year, that varsity team, we was 11-0 with eight shutouts, eight teams didn't score, and 22 singers graduated. So, it was a rebuilding year, and we was four that year hard for my sophomore year. Coming to my junior year, my coach still want to put me at linebacker. And then uh, one of my favorite coaches, man, uh, he passed away. He was like a father figure and an uncle to all of us. His name, Rashid Muhammad. Rashid Muhammad actually was my first coach on Little League football. But one day he said, when I was younger, he said, Cat, you got to put Calvin back at running back. And Cat goes, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I like him at linebacker. And he was like, yo, you got no choice. Put me back in there. Junior year, we killed it. You know, we won a championship. Won the championship uh my junior year pub chip. Uh it was good. I was close to a thousand yards and I was sharing the ball with Brandon Norris. Brandon Norris had just had came back. So me and him, you know, was rotating with the ball. So, you know, I was about to reach a thousand uh yards, won the chip against Northeast by one point. It was a good year. That that was my breakout year of, you know grabbing attention of college. What did he rush for? Uh, Brandon probably had close to 800 that year. He had close to 800, and I was just by about stack.
0: Yeah. You know. So how, how did senior year go? How did you cap it off?
1: Uh, senior year, man. You know, it's crazy because I think I got a little relaxed my senior year. I felt like, you know, I was on some cocky shit, man. I, I was. I felt like I had to work hard. I had a name already. People already knew me because of my junior year. So, uh, I didn't really try that much, man. I just felt like I was playing with a bunch of kids. And, like, the first four games of the season, me and a couple other starters were getting taken out no hand time. It was like we didn't need this. I was getting, like, seven carries for like, close to 100 yards and two touchdowns. And that was it. Rest. And uh, a reality check came in. I had to start getting rid of that that that, that arrogance, that cocky behavior. And uh, I actually got hurt my senior year. That fucked me up a lot. Against the easiest, bummiest team in the pub. I only high school. I <laughs> ah, man, man, I remember it's like it was just today, man. I tore my AC joint, my left shoulder and so dislocated my shoulder at the same time. We was up like forty to nothing, and I remember the coach. And it was the second quarter, and I remember the coach it was four for five. We used to run a belly. I was like the main play we ran. My senior belly. Rod the fullback, take it out, give it to me. right give can a good fit at the middle. Everybody will hit him. Now, I know him. Person who the it, was going eh, everybody else. But uh, I remember my coach just saying, just get the first damn and out of bounds. And I'm like, all right. Be about, I, wasn't doing it. I was school I was on some booby mile shit. Remember on Friday night lights like, when he hit the kid helmet? Oh, booby's done enough, you will need to go back out there. I was on that type turn up. Uh, I got the first damn, so I started charging, playing around. And I know that I feel somebody on me. I said, oh, and that's how they picked the speed, but it was too late. He grabbed me, pulled both my arms and we went down shoulder first. Pop my jump out of the end of my career. But uh, Honestly Statistically You know That was my best year In high school My senior year But performance wise I think my junior year Was because uh, I put my all into it I put my all into it I worked hard And I did I was playing fullback Honestly But we ran wing tee So the fullback Actually tell me You get the ball most. So um, I put my all in it And I just did What my coaches wanted me to do I was running like a fullback Just hit it up in there Do what you gotta do Get the yard But I had crazy long runs, my junior year, my senior year, like I said, when I mentioned earlier, I feel like it was easy. So I was doing what I want. And that was that, man. But statistically, I did better my senior year. And we was back-to-back champs again. Uh, we beat Washington this time. That was our rival school. North and Washington was our rival school, but we beat Washington in the championship. And... Went to state quarterfinals two years in a row and played Bethlehem of Liberty two years in a row and got demolished. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. This 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 quarterback they had named Dan Persia, and he wound up going to Northwestern University. We used to call him White Vic. He was built like Vic. He wore number seven like Vic. His mm. arms cut like Vic. And he was fast as shit. Motherfucker ran like a four-three, bro.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, so just talk about a little bit of recruiting, you know, and what was your prospects on going to college? Oh, man,
1: I got crazy letters. Most of my letters came from my junior year and uh, senior year, and a lot of people knew who I was already. So, honestly, um, like I said, I was real arrogant, man, and I didn't have no intentions on going to no D2 school, D3, and Juco like me. I was at the time like, man, I'm Calvin fucking spies I know who I am already. That's, that's the attitude I had, and I regret having that attitude. Because it didn't get me, it didn't get me nowhere where I wanted to be. You know, my top two schools. Listen, hey, Lou, bro, I had no out. I'm thinking, you no, know, I'm going to be in the auditorium. I'm going to be picking hats like, yeah, this is the school I'm going to, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream I had, man. But my two top schools that I was going to even go to was Penn State and Rutgers. But in my, in my head, I was already committing to Rutgers because that's what showed me most interest. They used to call my house faithfully check up on me, see how I'm doing, and uh, that's why I wanted to go. You know, I had a plan, you know, uh, what's his name from Baltimore? It was Ray Rice at the time. That was his last. He had one more year to go, so I am like, you know, I'm going to be under Ray Rice, you know, I'm going to be his little uh, prodigy, you know. He's going to put me to the game. It's going to be my old oh, head. I'm going to be good. Once he leaves, I'm taking over. That was the plan. but It didn't work. Like, I had the grades, and I didn't have the SCT scores, and I felt real embarrassed because they put that out in the paper. Then I had degrees and had the SAT scores. so I had people really laughing at me thinking, like, you know, like, I was special ed. Like, ain't nothing dumb about me. Oh, uh, they, they thought teachers would just pass me because I was a great athlete. None of the above was true. Like, I'm very intellectual, very smart. Um, I suck at test taking, and I can admit that, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I suck at testing. And to this day, I'm not good at test taking. You give me a test, I'm going to pass it, but would it be with High school and honors? Probably not. Um, that's just something I need to work on in life. But it got out there in me the media that, you know, I'm not going to deal Division One anymore because of my SAT scores. And they actually put my scores out there and people know about it. And I was like, that's crazy, man. So I started looking at the Division Two schools. And I remember we had this, uh, I forgot this guy's name, Italian guy. But he only worked one year at Frank School, which is my senior year, and he was like a sports counselor. He was helping you know, us, us young teenagers get into schools. And one day I went over there and I was just confused and I was like real adamant and not going D1. I'm like, man, I, I, I just, I wasn't trying to hear it. Like, I'm going D1. I'm Cal Spire. i you seen seeing the paper that I'm rated the number one running back in public league and I was rated number two in the city of Philadelphia, my senior year, and number one was rated with a guy from Germantown Academy, Alex Holcomb. And I was—I never understood that, but, you know, I give credit to credit as due. He was a good football player. I just didn't understand how he was before me. That's just something Tess Larry put out in the News. And, you know, if you think of mine, we can look it right up. I can easily uh, pull it up, uh, baby.
0: I'm cool with the story. i am cool pulling
1: right up. I still got it. Like, um, yeah, this guy was like, listen, Calvin, I wish to give it a pull. Still got chances, you know, to go to college. And he was like, I have a college recruit here right now that's looking to see you. And I'm like, Who? He was like, His name is JC Morgan from Shimmersburg University. the first thing I said is, I'm not going to the motherfucking Juco. I said that to that man just like that. I said, I'm not going to the motherfucking Juco. And he's like, It's not a Juco, it's a Division II school. And I'm like, All right, man, I'll talk to him. So uh, JC Morgan came in and, uh, he was like, honestly, I'm here specifically for you. He's like, I already know about Tyree Dudley. He's the city uh, player of the year. You know, D-table, excellent player on my football team. me and him used to compete in practice all day, everything. It was like night and day with us. We love each other. We hate each other. I was like, man, you pussy, you ain't shit, man. You keep even, swinging me, like, tackling me, wrap me up. That's how <laughs> we used to be. But he was like, I came here specifically for you, So me and him um, and gave your application, He's like, you, you really be a good fit for our program. You wouldn't have to learn the place because we want we run Wing T. And I was like, all right. And I filed the application and I was like, he was like, come up there. So I came up there. One day, me and my mom, my mom ex, we drove up there, and that's the only college I ever visit. I just fell in love with it. The people treat me so well, like I felt welcome, like I was already a part of Shippensburg. So I was like, fuck it, I'm committing right now. So I'm, I'm letting all that come in right now. And uh, he used to always check up on me. He used to still, even when I did it, he used to come to my school, check up on me, see how I'm doing, make sure I'm in class. Um, I remember one time he, he uh, called me. and uh, Well, he called my mom. I wasn't home from school yet. And my mom was crying. I'm like, mom, what's wrong? And she was like, I was got a bad phone call. I'm like, what about them? They just, uh, she was sick of something because my mom was sick in the past and she's like no I ain't got nothing to do with me it's with children I'm like what I do she was like well should called. that coach said you are going to be denied and I'm like denied for what they was like because uh, your yeah, SAT scores so I'm like man I thought we got over there so I called them back and it was like yo don't, you know, don't get discouraged don't give up hope I'm, I'm not giving up on you because I really want you and uh be honest bro I started crying man I was like damn was like I'm just going to be Another person that was this, that was that, that should have cut us and all that. I'm like, I don't want to be a statistic, man. And I started looking up due codes. I'm like, I really can't go nowhere. So, then I started thinking to myself, is it because of the arrogance I was showing, you know, the people? Like, what's going on? I just was like, why me? Why is this happening to me? And um, he kept telling me, he kept checking up on me. And he's like, I'm whatever. I remember J.C. Morgan said... I'm going to do it all it takes to get you in the school. You will get here. Even if you had to go to a JUCO for a semester, you're going to be at the school. And uh, he came to my graduation, man. He even came to my graduation. And he came to the All-Star game, bro. At the All-Star game, bro. He shook my hand gave me a hug when he came to my graduation. He said, then I tell you, don't give up hope. I'm like, yeah. He said, I got you back at my school. I'm like, yes, I'm excited. And I'm like, damn, that's I'm going to shipping verse. I was, I was. I was good, man. What
0: was going on that he couldn't get you in the school? They, I got accepted,
1: and I got denied because of uh, because my SAT scores. So, uh, he talked to the vice president, and what he did was I had to go to the summer prep program called AFP program. And they just randomly give you two classes. You can't pick these classes. Then you had to get a C or higher, and then you can attend the school. If you get below the C, then you was done. And he was like, this is your opportunity to show people, you know, that you can do college work. You can do college material that you're not dumb. And I'm like, no, I'm not dumb. I'm going to show people that I'm very smart, very intellectual. And I got what it takes to be a college student. And I did that, man. And I was in Rhodes-Shippersburg, you know, fall of 2007. And how
0: does the first year go at Shippersburg?
1: My first year, I really didn't play. I didn't play, actually, that 2007 season because um, some call, like, the with clearing house. And he was saying that I, I, this little place of me had, I didn't meet the point, so I couldn't play. So that spring, uh, the spring of 08, which was my second semester of my freshman year, I came out there, murdered there, bro, murdered it, And I was so excited to see the guys. They accepted me for who I was. And, you know, I just knew I was coming in. I had, I had a high target on my back already. They knew me. I was number one on the back of the club. Uh. I was coming for somebody's spot and I was hungry. I, I was motherfucking hungry. I was like lion in the jungle. I want to eat. Like, mm-hmm. I see they feed me. I was, I was hungry. So I came up there and made noise and and we used to do drills like Oklahoma. And I remember J.C. Warden, she's like, I'm saving you for last. I'm like, why? Let me go first. Like, let me start it off. He's like, God damn, I'm saving you for last. And every time I finish it off, like we, we killing these drills. I'm like, yo, they really, Love me. My freshman year, a lot of people thought I started my freshman year ago, but I didn't. I really was like third straight, and then I wanted to be bumped the second straight. I was always in the game. Like, we ran a system. It was like, what school you know running a three running back system like that? And yeah. freshman year was a good year, man. Uh, I probably led the league, well, my team. I didn't say league, but I probably led my team in the yards per carry. I was averaging like 6.4 yards per carry my freshman year. And, um, my freshman year, man, was like everything. And I remember the guy that was in front of me. Like, he was a good mentor. He was like a year, maybe two years older than me. But, you know, I was better than him. I mean, he knew that. But he helped me get to, like, the workouts, the morning runs. You know how the morning runs on 5 o'clock was. Uh-huh. Right? Man, that shit used to kill me. I used to, drank, ah, 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 like, but he used to be like, come on, Fires, come on, Kyle, you got this shit. Come on, baby, come on, baby, don't give up. Like, he used to push me. So he helped me with that, but... On that field, on that turf, I was better than him. I mean, he knew that. And at the time, they was looking at it like, I remember Coach Morgan said this to me. He said, he said, Cal, you are better than him, but he's more experienced than you at this level. So you might want to learn from him a little more. And I'm like, nah, I ain't having that shit. Like I learned from him my freshman year, you know, but right now it's my time. And I wanted it now. And to this day, man, and it it sucks for me to say this, but it's the truth. I really don't have no patience. And I wish I did have patience because I left and that kid got in trouble. And apparently he'd been in trouble before. And uh, this time, I guess the, the head coach was like, I don't anymore. I was the backup running back. You would have been the starter. I would have been the starter. But because I didn't have no patience. And um, I didn't share this with nobody. I'm probably sharing this with one or two people. And you know? mm-hmm. I'm going to share this with you, bro. But the reason I transferred from Cuse is because not only the, no, me and J C Morgan, we have a love hate relationship on the field. Like he was, he's an awesome, excellent person, excellent person off the field. He's a great mentor and he's very smart. He he knew his shit. That's one thing I can say about that man. He knew his shit, and you know I reached out to him recently because I still have a lot of guilt on my shoulder to this day because I felt like I I I crossed him. I did him dirty because. He stuck his neck out there for me. He did all of his power to get me up there. And I turned my back to leave and leaving to go to another school, thinking it was going to be better for me. When I went to Custon, I didn't think I was going to start, but I did think I was going to be in the routine system with uh, my man Dante Wilson and my man Ken Lou I thought we were going to be running like a crazy system with us. And it didn't turn out that way. But, um make story what short, was the
0: real reason you left ship because you didn't want to wait another year yeah the real
1: reason I left ship man and um i never really talked about this, I was somewhat undecided when I wanted to major uh the first major I had my uh, my eyes on was business but it was a little hard I mean, business had a lot of math with that and I'm not good really good at math um and then social work you know I like to help people I like to help Teenagers, you know, maybe Buford and uh, Glenn Mills together. But um, social workers don't make enough money, you know. And I was like, I have been slaving, you know, trying to make ends meet with social workers. It was just a lot of work on me. Like, I had this one professor named Dr. Bimbo. That's, that's a funny, crazy name, but Dr. Bimbo was from <laughs> South Philly. He was in the Marines. And every other day, you know how you got class Monday, Monday, Friday, and 50-minute classes, man. He used to give us, like, a three- to four-page paper every other day. They are like, man, I'm preparing you for the world, I think, because that's what social work got to do. And I'm like, nah, this ain't for me, baby. And like, I felt like to help people, so I wanted to do nursing. Shippensburg didn't have a nursing program, so if you wanted to major in nursing, you had to major in bio. And being a student, actually, and major in nursing, that's, that's kind of hard. It's like almost impossible. I mean, anything is possible, but that's like almost impossible because you had to do so much studying with nursing. And uh, the three reasons was because. Me and Coach Morgan wasn't, you know, getting along like, like that. And, you know, I, I wanted my time now. I wanted to start right away. And uh it just wasn't happening right then and there. But I could have got over that. I mean, that's that's something small to a giant, but I that I could have been done. But uh the second reason is kind of like should be the first reason. I was so undecided I wanted what I wanted to meet, because at the time I believed that I wanted to meet in nursing. And last but not least, and this is the reason I, this is one of the reasons I never shared with nobody, is because of a female. Um, I was so in love with uh this this girl who I was going out with when I was in twelfth grade and my first year of college, and our relationship was just going downhill. Like it was just about to be terminated. Period. And um, she always said you're just too far away, too far away. And I'm like, uh, All right, what am I gonna do to make this work? You know, what I mean, because I really did. Love her like I don't get me wrong like I did my dirt we all did our dirt bro. <laughs> we all did our dirt but at the end of the day this girl had my heart right this is who I wanted to be with this is oh man this kind of funny saying this is who I saw me spending I want to say the rest of my life with but I see myself spending quite some time you saying, say <laughs> saying it bro just saying it bro you saying it all right shit I I felt like yeah. I was gonna spend some I was gonna spend life with this girl. And um you normally know, she called me and we about to play Cheney. I was at Shippensburg. we about to play Cheney So, November on oh, wait. This was like one of the best games of my life. And hey D, I know you're gonna be watching this soon, but you know, I don't wanna sing it to Cheney, cause y'all ain't shit. But I got off on Cheney and I was hungry, man. I just remember her saying, just call me before the game, like two hours before the game, bro. It's like, uh just wanna let you know I'm saying somebody. And that made my heart stopped. I'm like, oh I feel like I got shot. I feel like I'm dying right now. Mm. Like, I'm seeing somebody, you know, um, we ain't have sex yet. So it was like, oh, you playing the, play the fucking this this? <laughs> what <laughs> What you mean you ain't do it yet? Like, you thought about it, you might as well have done it. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. It was like, yeah, I up it yet. We went to the movies, everything was okay. And that hurt me. And I'm like, listen, um, I'm going to put my transcripts in. I'm going to get to a school closer. And we played Chris that year. We lost. And Custom affirmation. I'm like, I really would have win. So Wing T at the at the call at, at, at the college level, I don't really see nobody winning at all in that in, in that formation, that offense. So I'm like affirmation is good. I'm like, I like the play, we played them. I'm like, and Custel not that far from home, from Philadelphia. So, you know, I was like, I'm gonna with the Custom and she was like the last reason. Why wow, I transferred to Custer now? So my three reasons was not getting along with my coach, about undecided my major, and because my relationship was something I wanted to be close to her so I can make it work.
0: Did it Did it help the relationship you moving to going transferring to now? No, actually,
1: relationship got even worse, man. Yeah,
0: It but got worse. It's not a relationship podcast, but I had to ask that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it got worse, man. Um, just you, I don't even talk about that shit, but it got you, worse. You
0: kind of hinted towards that. Once you got to Cookstown, it wasn't what you expected. Nah. You didn't know. you didn't see the time and the carries that you thought you wanted to. Nope. And how many years did you spend at Custown?
1: Uh I spent in Custown three and a half. I did five years in college overall. when I left Shippensburg, believe it or not, bro, this is crazy because we all in the state schools in Pennsylvania, I lost 14 credits transferred from uh Shippensburg to Coast So they can actually when I got to Cookstown, you know, I was a sophomore. Credit wise, I was a freshman again. It knocked me back down. So it was like damn, I'm starting from scratch all
0: over again. So, yeah. So how did how did you know? Like, I guess I get junior senior year go. My sophomore year,
1: uh, my sophomore year at Cusstown would actually have been like um my junior year in the classroom. but my sophomore year at Cookstown, we sucked. We was three, we was three and lost this shit. So I was like, highly upset but that game meant a lot to me because I left this team, I was this team, I was a part of this team. And now I got the opportunity to show them what I could do against my old team, I didn't get the chance to. I got like one carry for five yards and
0: we lost about four points. I'll never forget, it. we lost four points. What was your relationship like with these coaches? Since you know, you said it didn't really give you an oh,
1: Relationship with the head coach it was okay. I think everybody had like a fair relationship with the head coach. Like he was a guy from uh Louisiana, from like North Louisiana. He had a real crazy accent with a high pitched voice. Like he used to be like, Spies, what are you doing? Like he used to talk like that. I used to hate that <laughs> shit, man. I used to hate that shit, but uh the offensive coordinators actually switched up Custom's whole entire offense. Um I was the first person to meet this offensive coordinator, to be honest with you, because when I got to Town, the head coach was interviewing me for the uh, position, to be the OC. And uh, he introduced himself and said, how you doing, I'm uh, Drew Fulmer, I'm, I'm Calvin Spires, and uh, at the time Drew Fomer was the quarterback's coach for Millersville, and he was, Millersville, I think he still got the record for Millersville, Millersville all-time leading passer. And when he came over, so Kutztown, because Kutztown coach name this guy name was a uh, coach uh Shillot, that was his name, and he fired him. So when I hooked up with my uh, at the time he was just my teammates, but to now they're my brothers like Kendall Coleman, Christopher Oliver, and Khalif Evans the twin. And they was like, damn, Kyle, we knew you was coming over here. We could told you not to come. We got a whole office, different office coordinator there, but we don't know who he is. They just fired him. We'll see. And he switched. Because was was like more like a balanced offense. They used to run the ball as much as they passed the ball. But then with this guy Drew Farmer coming in. So, when he came over, it all passing. All passing. They threw, We threw 60 times a game, bro. And uh, he liked the smaller running backs. And I didn't. I was a north-south running back. I'm just going straight in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> Excuse me, but he didn't like my type of style. I didn't fit that offense. He, uh. We ran the ball, ran the ball, a shotgun. It was rare we ran our formation. And if we did, it was like a broken eye. You know?
0: Oh, strong eye we got.
1: That's the strong eye we got, but we used to call it right heavy, left heavy. And we had a no-huddle offense. Everything was off the signals. But yeah, I didn't fit that that style. So my career at Chris just wasn't it. And I lost hope. I lost hope. I lost. I lost the love of the game, man. I hate to say, I hate to admit that, but I lost love to the game. And football was my heart since I was a four year old kid running around the house up and in the
0: street with a football in my hand. But when I got to Kustown, I lost the love of the game. So, like, you know, so now we're talking about all this life at the sports now because you eventually graduate from up there.
1: Yeah, I graduated from Kustown. You know, I still managed to. Uh, Get yeah, my bachelor's in science in criminal justice, so that's what my degree is in. I'm um, currently working in my field right now, as we speak. Um, yeah, that was the most important thing because, uh, you know, I had friends sending me money. Uh, my mom was breaking her neck sending me money, you no know, for school to help me stay in school. And even though my main focus would being in school because of football, I wasn't that guy no more. Like my years in Frankfurt High School or my freshman year in Shippensburg, I wasn't that guy no more. And it really hurt me because the year I left Shipping Room with the Custom, Town, won the, the PSAC. I don't know if you remember that. They won the PSAC and because that the guy I mentioned earlier, he wasn't playing, I was the next you know, full back in line. The kid that was behind me was a freshman. He was my backup. He wanted to start and got first team honors on PSAC. So I was sick. I'm looking like that. that was supposed to be me right there. <laughs> I was, I was, was hurt. Uh,
0: was Titan on the team when you was up
1: there? Yeah, Titan Pruner, yeah. Uh, heavy set dude, D tackle, D tackle from, he was from Camp Hill. Yeah, you played IEP? Yeah. He was a problem. Titan was a fucking problem. Titan was a big And he talked that shit. He played dirty, he used to talk that shit. Man, pussy ain't gonna do shit up there. He was one of them boys. <laughs> and beyond with you, gonna be big, he had crazy speed. Yeah. And I remember a friend of mine saying, Yo, he ran track in high school. He wasn't always that big. but He had speed weight. But he was a
0: monster. Titan was the problem at the IUP my first year. I was hurt, man.
1: A lot of my friends were teasing, tease joke about that. Like, damn, Kyle, you left shit. They won. The person that was behind you, get back up, was started, And he went all, all piece at first team hours.
0: You know how that I, I, you know, I already know, man. That shit hurt. No, just talk about, you know, you starting your career. You said you got your degree in criminal justice. Yes. We already you was working as a correctional officer when you first, your first job. First you, job. Then you was at Glen Mills. I was at Glen Mills. All right, let's pick up there. When did you start doing at the Glen Mills?
1: Oh, at the Glen Mills, Um, I left Glen Mills with the Camelot. Camelot was a little closer. commute to home. You know Glen Mills from home. was a like, commute, bro. It was a hike. It was a high. I was putting miles on my car. Crazy, man. But, um, you know. I started working at Camelot for uh, Will Croner, and she work at Van Buren. Good his son, Will Croner Jr., was a team leader over there, so I linked up with him, he got me in his team, and uh, them kids, they was, it was in the school, but they were some different kids, but I know myself as a person, and I know I'm good with children, so I made it work, you know, and uh, because our program overall ran, um, it ran shitty, I'm going to say it like that, it ran shitty, you know, I am who I am, I'm going to admit it, it ran shitty, so they, uh, they audited our program, and I just remember getting an email, we all got an email saying they was closing our Camelot, uh, our branch, they was closing it down, and we had the opportunity if we want to uh, collect unemployment or wait and go to a different Camelot as soon as the positions opened up, and I was like, man, I'm done with this. And I got my X-35 that year. So that year, a lot of the times I was doing my X35 working at clubs and bars and stuff like that. That was a good experience. You know, you get to meet a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I, got, I got the opportunity to meet um some celebrities and stuff like that, doing security for them. Um it was, it was, that was, that was a good, uh that was a good position, man, working security. But it got to the point that right, I'm tired of doing this. A lot of bad things can happen, you get into fights, and I know a good friend of mine, he was killed in, uh, in the line of duty. And I beat somebody up real bad, disrespected him, and he actually followed me home and killed him on uh, Roosevelt Boulevard. But it's a dangerous job, But I was doing that for some time, and then um, I know I couldn't do that for too long, so I wanted to start going to the uh, mental health field. I started working at Wood Services. up in been PA. Working with the mentally challenged. Um, most of them with like young adolescents uh with some type of form of autism. I was working with them for some time. And uh, I just had my daughter who will be five. Mine says January, she'll be five this month on the 29th, man. Time flying. Mm. Um what is it what is it like being a dad, man? Oh man, How fatherhood. <laughs> being a father. Overall, it's great, man. I love my little girl, man. And yeah. It's funny because I be looking at my little girl and I'm like, baby girl, don't don't, don't get big with me. Don't get old. It's like, okay, daddy, I won't get big. But in all reality, she know, she ain't got no choice but to get big. Like, that's just... What's gonna happen. What's gonna happen. That's the inevitable. It's gonna happen. And I think, honestly, I'm just scared for her to grow because I don't think our bond will be as tight anymore.
0: And, yeah, I can admit that. I'm just scared for my little girl to grow, bro. What you think is gonna be the What's gonna break the bond? Oh man, you know,
1: girls start start developing their own little attitude and personality, and who they really want to be, and just I'm just not ready for that yet. I'm just not prepared for it yet. So I still got some years to go, man, before she gets to that age. So I'm just gonna enjoy this time while she's still a little girl, as I can, man. Um, I had some rough moments, you know, with my mother, you know. Back and forth from the core, you no know, paying support and all that, man. But right now I just honestly say we became cordial we co parented and we learned to become friends. So right now, you know, me and the relationship is you know, it's, it's fine. We are right now.
0: Yep. You know? So you was finishing up telling me that you was working with your s two thirty-five. Yeah. And, and then I worked in the mental health field.
1: I went to wood services. I was there for some time. And on top of that, I was also being a TSS worker. You know, I had, I had two clients from the elementary school working with them. And that was cool, too. But that's something I, I didn't really want to do. No, right. that's not what my heart was in. And plus, I I wanted to use my degree. I wanted to use that piece of paper. So I started applying for police jobs, the police jobs. Delaware State Police uh, Yo, I applied over probably like ten different police jobs, man, and taking so many fitness tests and never got picked. Like PPD, they did me dirty, man. They uh they do this thing with your credit report. So back in 2014. And they were saying, you know, if you got student loans, that's considered bad credit and good credit, because ain't like you uh owing like uh, secu- uh credit card companies and stuff like that. So um yeah, I got student loans, and it shows you can have it. But loans are proof and you're making payments, you're fine. And I was doing that. This investigator of mine, this will tell me, oh, you're not making enough payments a month. I said, I beg your pardon? Who are you to tell me I'm not making enough payments a month? This is what me and the company agreed on. Well, I can't uh, promote you to the next step until you pay a large amount. So she wrote me this letter and saying sign hair Forced me to decline. So I had to decline myself and put on there because of personal problems. And my personal problem quote unquote to her was because I had uh, a large significant amount of student loans. You know, so. That's crazy. It is crazy, man. So I tried to set the police thing. and I think they hurt me even more because I finished the whole process with them. Once I passed that law to take a test and Lord knows I don't know how I passed it, but I did because I lied <laughs> 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 I fucking lied like a motherfucker on there, joint. I lied, bro. What <laughs> they was asking you, bro. Oh, they asked me, uh have you ever saw a drug, any type of these drugs on this piece of paper right here? They had pills and <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, I lied Damn. I know I'm Last thing, the last step was the investigator had to come to your house, inspect your house, and he probably knocked on like two or three of your neighbor's doors to ask them how you are as a, a, a person. You know, my neighbors didn't really know me. Only probably like one or two did. I lived in a big block at the time. in had this apartment, well, uh, Pratt and Oakland in the Frankfurt section, on the other side of Frankfurt, close to the terminal, Bridge and Pratt. But um, they didn't really know me that well, so they gave me some good reports. And uh, my investigator came back to my house and said uh everything's done. Uh, they gave you some good reports about yourself. Um, I'm submitting my paperwork to you. You should be hearing us from six months. You've been invited to the cabin, so I'm happy. I call my mom and said, yeah, I'll be at the cadence in six months. Six months came, got the letter. I'm happy as shit. Open it. Oh, we're removing you from the hospital really list. Why? But again, credit report. I'm like, this is crazy. So I gave up the hope of being uh, a police officer. I was like, maybe it's not meant for me to be a police officer. And uh, But when I'm at today, um, I'm a correctional officer at SCI Phoenix. Um, a lot of people today don't really know what Phoenix is. Phoenix is just uh, basically a new grave hurt. Grave was closed down last year, July 2018. And last 10 years, they was building this enormous, large prison uh, institution um, called Phoenix. And it's still in the Gradyford platform, but it's like huh, a mile on the platform from Gradyford. Like that building of Gradyford still stands, but no one is in there. Everybody's at Phoenix you now. So correctional officer, I think complete my first year there and being a state employee, man, it's a good job. Pays the bills, I like it, you know. I know how to do my job. Man. What's, that? what's the what's the challenges with it? Um the challenges with it, you know, you deal with a bunch of men. Uh a lot of them don't like to be told what to do, but you know, it is what it is. You're state property now. So it's no there's no asking you to do anything. I'm telling you what to do, and you're gonna do it. Um I build report with my inmates because I know your inmates. And uh I think she, when I first got there, the little challenge thing was attitudes and egos, you know, I'm a man, these are men, I'm going to treat y'all like men. A lot of them are older than me, so they got in me mind, I'm not taking orders from no young boy who ain't got no time in here and I got 30 something years in here. So that was like kind of a challenge in the beginning, but at the end of the day, I had to learn not to go back and forth with them dudes. I'm going to say what I got to say, Get my point across, and that's it. At the end of the day, you're going to do it anyway. So, that was that. But the job is easy, man. It's like babysitting adults, man.
0: Yeah. Adult daycare. It don't, it don't get dangerous. It don't get crazy. Oh, no, nah, it gets dangerous. Don't tell me it's like babysitting. People get fucked up in day, baby. Don't
1: tell me it's like babysitting. Who you can't stay on for? He died every day, baby. People get shot any day, baby. People get stabbed every day, baby. But. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's definitely a dangerous job. Um, definitely got to know how to uh, definitely got to learn how to make a bad situation uh, kind of make a bad situation good. You got to know how to de-escalate things in this field. Because somebody that's rowdy, you don't want to get rowdy because then it can escalate into a bigger problem. So you want to de-escalate that. You know what I mean? Um, walk away from a certain situation if you've got to you know, um, I encourage all my officers, you know, do the best you can. And you know, like, I'm still in my, my training gear. So if I can help somebody, I'm going to help you. Even if I don't like the person, we all in the same color uniform. We all got one job and our goal is to leave home and see where
0: we came in this building, so. Ma, no, just speak a little bit about, you know, your business.
1: Oh, my business. Hey, by the
0: way, that shirt look
1: good on you, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're very good. I started this the summer of 2016. Honestly, when I actually started this, I wasn't really into it. I started it because I'm like, man, people are making these corny ass, dumb ass little hood uh, clothing lines that nobody's really going to buy but the hood. I was like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to make it something that's going to be international that I can see actually go somewhere. And uh, so I started this. And when I started it, like I said, I wasn't liking it all. Like, that. I'm like, I hey, mean, it's nice. Um, but I started really getting into it. I started really doing researches. I started going to, like, fashion shows. And then I started realizing, like, okay, um, fashion is not about the price tag. And a lot of people think it is. It's so as simple as that, you know. Sweatshirt, me and you got on. Um, you know, I sell these sweatshirts for forty dollars. Let's just say this sweatshirt was in the store. Um, let's just say, let's just say this was in Nordstrom because honestly, we look at it, it's just, oh, fuck, it could be a Nordstrom. <laughs> but the look of it, it looked like it's something you could pick off a rack in Nordstrom. But let's just say that tag say four hundred dollars, and then we pick this shirt right here that looked ugly as fuck, like disgusting because the price tag say seven hundred every motherfucker Like yo this shirt Crazy bro You see this dude Why because the Tag 6700 With that shit Really ugly shit And this shit Got good quality And it's really Like good fashion And it's art but to me Fashion is art as well Right absolutely So A good quality shirt and means ch- And that shirt The name means something What does the name mean Well, Revere means dreamer It means dreamer And I'm a person You know Uh Full of hopes, full of dreams, and um, I'm taking steps each day, you know, to reach my dream, to achieve my goal, you know, and that's what that mean. I came up with uh Revere because I was just Googling stuff like uh different languages and Revere's Dreamer in French, and before I used to have it in Revere French, but I started noticing a lot of people um in Philadelphia and. You know, just you know, United States or so is coming out with clothing lines with um foreign names having foreign countries underneath it. So I was like, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. So I changed it to descent, which means design or we're drawing designer also in French.
0: So, oh, no, that's cool, man. I seen um Big John Gamble had some stuff. I think he had a couple of hats or something. I was like, what you got cow stuff on, man. Let me. I mean, so I've been people, you know, what I mean you
1: said you designed everything yourself huh yeah um like with the, with the screen printing i used to take to a shop because i didn't know how to do the screen printing thing but some of my stuff is uh using vinyl a friend of mine he taught me how to use a vinyl machine but i go for the more classic look so i go to the shops and do the screen print which is that that's what we have on right here is screen printing so you know i order my t-shirts off the line um, I go to the store. And they have my screens already. I tell them how many I want, and they, you know, do they thing with the screen and put them on. But I, I um, I took some time off with this honestly because I was trying to focus in on on my career as far as uh, my full time my full time job. And with this clothing line thing, it's 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 not easy, bro. People make it like make it look like it's easy, but it's really not easy, especially when you're doing it. By yourself and from the muscle. And that's what I'm doing. I don't have any help with this. And um, I wish I did have help, but I've been talking to some people, networking, that's saying, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, helping you out and, you know, working together. So best believe sooner than later, I'm about to get back into this business and fashion. And I'm going strong. I'm going to make sure this shit take off because I know for a fact that this can go somewhere far and, like, take off. And I hear a lot of people telling like you got good quality. Um, your brand means something. It's very meaningful and something positive. So I know for a fact, like this can go far. Like seriously.
0: No, we here for it, bro, man. We definitely support you. You know, at the end of this podcast, we always ask, "Who are you now? Who am I now? Um,
1: the type of person I am." It's funny because I got a lot of friends that be like, "Oh, cow, man, you fool of yourself." i am like, man, shut the fuck up. But at the end of the day, you should be fooling yourself. Why not? You know what I mean? You should be fooling yourself. You should be proud of who you are. You should uh, you know, show confidence in who you are. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do that very well and I do it with pride, man. I mean, but today I am a person. Um I'm a man because before I was not a man. I, I might have been a man at age, but my maturity level wasn't um I didn't have a man's mindset at the time. But um I'm definitely a man. I'm a father of one. Um my integrity is everything. You know, I'm always honest with somebody. Even if they don't like it, I'm gonna tell you the truth regardless of how you feel. You know what I mean? I'm very um I'm very empathetic, you know, I'm very understanding person. And you know, um, you know, I'm 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 just me man. <laughs> you know, I'm just me.
0: Definitely see with the B, man.
1: <laughs> Stole they don't know what see with the B me, That me and the Baldy, man. The first
0: time I got a bald
1: head was up Glenn Mills. And I was like, man, I'm gonna try this shit. I'm gonna try it. And I actually got the Baldy. I let the dude Chris on campus cut my head. The first time I fell in love with that shit, man. And then it started getting cold and I'm moving back, man. But now my little swirl was getting a little light and I was getting a haircut every four or five days. I just say, fuck it. You know sense to be trying to hold on to something that ain't gonna no longer be there. So that's no, funny as shit, man. Yeah.
0: No, we always ask at the end, recommend me three athletes or coaches that you want to see us interview on to the boundary.
1: Oh man, three athletes. Um first and foremost, I'm gonna say one of my favorite athletes growing up, um who anybody that played Bernard for Frank High, you had to um you had to admire Eddie Gaskins. Like he was just a man. Um, he broke Blair Thomas' record. Everybody knew who Blair Thomas is. Our age or older, Blair Thomas went to Franklin High, went to Penn State, was drafted first round, second pick overall to the New York Jets. Didn't really have a good successful career with the Jets, but he made it there. But he was somebody. So for Eddie Gaskins to break that record and overshadow him by a mile, Eddie was the man. Everybody knew Eddie Gaskins. Um, you ask anybody that played in not even publicly. People, I've heard stories, people from Delaware, Maryland, used to come up this way, man, just to see Eddie Gaskins play. But definitely, um, to this day I still don't even know his story. So I, I think people will want to know his story, uh, the insight of his life. And I know for a fact he probably wouldn't mind sharing it and his experience of being Eddie Gaskins. Um Another person I would say recommend interview on. Oh, this one guy comes to my mind. A friend of mine, me and him were just talking about this on Instagram because he put up a highlight this person. So, whatever happened, because he was the man. His name was CJ Gray. He went to high school in Coltsville. This dude was magnificent, had the speed, uh, the moves, but he was a little guy. He was probably like five, maybe six. Probably maybe five, seven moves, five, six. Probably like one fifty pounds, but had the speed of lightning. Uh, he had crazy moves. He just knew where to be at the right time on that field, man. Like you could check up his his uh not his Instagram, his YouTube highlights. Somebody made it. And I don't even think they knew he made it, but somebody made it for him. And it's just only a few games, and it's crazy. I was like, what happened to him? And I know at the time I was in high school, hearing about him. You know, he was a year he was a year higher than us. So he came out of 06. And um at the time, like my mom, you know, was was messing with this guy from out Coastville. So he used to tell me about Coastville Hospital. I was like, damn, I wanna play Coatsville. Bad shit. i want to play this guy because he is killing. But I knew he was gotten our ass. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody on my team stopping this kid. Like he was just amazing. I think people need to know his story, man, because everybody knowing him. He ran for like a career, six dollars some yard in the high school. Mm. And uh and went to college nothing. I just don't know what happened to him. Um last first last person, I would say uh my guy Jerry Butler, man, from Washington. Great running back. His story is deep. Um honestly I I would have to let him tell you his story. But me, my opinion, I just think he went to the wrong college. He went to Wisconsin his first year. and He's a little back. But he probably was the fastest back ever in the city of Philly. He ran a 419. What? I'll never forget that. He ran a 419. Yeah, going through the senior year at the, that Nike combine, he ran like a 419. And I remember my sophomore year season, which was his senior season, it was a big article with lightning coming out of his helmet. Title Bolt of Lightning, 4 1 the Hunt. He committed to Wisconsin, and you know, at, at the time, Wisconsin was big running backs. They liked that big running back. He was little, I was like 5'9, 175. And then he wound up going to Delaware, and then uh, the University of Delaware had been transferred and toward ACL. And I just don't know what happened from there. But um, me and him, you know, we still keep in contact. Not as much. I know I seen him a few months ago. Him was working out together at LA Fitness up at Shellham Mall. So, them three right there, I highly recommend, man. You go out your way, look for them dudes, get them dudes here, man, because they would love to. I know for a fact they would love to share your story. But out of them three, the two for the most, I would say Eddie Gaskins and CJ Gray, because you just don't know what happened with them dudes,
0: man. Nobody really knows. We appreciate it, man. We're going to definitely try to go after them. I want to thank you for coming and doing the show. I want to thank you for having me here. Bro, Before the heavy have here on time ago, man. man. I know, I know, I know. I got you season three, though, man. All right, bro. We going into the boundary. Into the boundary. Going into the boundary,
1: huh? We going into the boundary. Into the boundary. Going into the boundary, huh?
0: They we say you were halfway,
1: Shut up and dribble. Finish your career. You stuck in the middle. Figured it out. then you stuck with the riddle. Broke your body down, got stuck in the spittle. Might have had pro dreams and you made it to the top. Might have well, made it to the lead, that- but you made it